Welcome to the Big Marketing Podcast. We believe a good story changes how you think. A great story changes how you feel. This is the podcast where we look beyond traditional marketing ideas. Because if you want big results, you'll need big ideas. That's right. I'm Dan Hack. And I'm Mary Trigg. And theme song. Merritt, I think the thing that's going to come out of this pandemic is that we can all agree that we never want to see another COVID ad ever again. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the main takeaway for me. This is every COVID ad ever. Now more than ever. In these trying and unprecedented times. And I think the reason people hate them is because a lot of these companies don't know the first thing about CSR. Hate's a strong word. Yeah. Oh, CSR. I just used three letters. That's something you would do. Do you know what CSR means? Uh, Customer service representative. Yes, exactly. Do you know what else CSR means? Corporate social responsibility. No. Yes. That's exactly (laughs) what it means. And I feel like this happens every crisis. This happened in 9-11 too. What do we do? Do Do we keep selling? Do we keep communicating? What do we do, right? And I think there are two main reasons that people decide to keep communicating with people. Okay. Um, and I think the first one is that they're afraid to stop communicating. So you want to maintain brand equity. Um, it, is it, is it go beyond branding? Is there a FOMO element too? Like fear is, of missing out? You're just like, Oh yeah, there is. What? It's, it's my competition is going to keep communicating. What happens if I stop communicating? I'm going to lose relevance. Right? right. So yeah, so there is FOMO. And then you have the other one is that you see an opportunity and that's whether you see an opportunity to sell an opportunity to make a positive impact on, you know, like a, like a contribution to society, whatever Mm -hmm. that is, and to do good things. Right. Yeah. So does the real problem come in then when people try to communicate outside of the normalcy of their culture, like they, they lose that alignment? It does. There are people who, who have corporate social responsibility worked into their culture, right? That is just a part of the way they do business. I, I think people get a little skeptical when they see a car commercial where all of a sudden your car manufacturer cares like they've never cared before. <laughs> They're trying to make money off of you. Why all of a sudden are they like, we really care. We're in this together and we want to, yeah. you know what I mean? People get a little skeptical Meanwhile, about that. we all bought cars at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get a new car and you get a new car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we, I've, I actually have some data here about COVID ad. This is COVID ads by the data. Thank you ads where you're saying thank you to our first responders. Thank you to our heroes. Thank you to nurses, to our employees, to our customers, whatever performed way below average. When you look at all the ads, they mm-hmm. performed way below average, particularly with women, oh. more so even than men. So Uh, Some ads that were tested were uh, the Facebook ad, the Walmart ad, the Verizon ad, the Volkswagen ad. And if you lined up all those next to each other, I still wouldn't be able to tell you which one was which until the brand logo at the end. I guarantee you. Exactly. The the campaigns that people called out specifically were Wells Fargo. Um, Being great or horrid? Horrid. So Wells Fargo... I don't know if you turn on the news at all, but they completely... I try not to these days. Yeah. Smart. Wells Fargo completely batched the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Fund, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So comp- did I say batched? They completely botched the yeah, rollout. But I like it, batched, right? too. I like batched, too. Completely botched it. And then out of nowhere, they came with this messaging of, we're all in this together. And oh, we, got it. Um, and we're, it, so keep, you had literally keeping an, you informed is important to us. You had an operational inefficiency, something where they couldn't even complete from an operational perspective what they were supposed to achieve. And then you had advertising that completely like subverted that operational capacity, right? I don't know what half those words mean. They sound incredible though. No, basically they lied. (laughs) (laughs) They, I think more than lying, it was a, oh no, we messed up and now we have to cover lost ground. Got it. Uh, Okay, here we go. 30 days in uh, to COVID, to the lockdown, 41% of consumers said they were annoyed by COVID ads. Wow. 41% is an insanely high number. Um, There's a survey. So is that out of uh, obviously 100%? So there's still 60 uh, or I guess 59 people or 59% of people. But if you're annoying 
40 some percent right. of the 100 percent that's a lot of people to annoy yeah right it's hard to get that many people to agree on I'm one thing i'm just wondering if like the 59 percent, if some of them were just completely tuned out too like they didn't even yeah. they weren't even seeing ads so it oh, didn't matter totally could have yeah. been absolutely all right uh survey 55 percent of consumers are skeptical of brands intentions yeah. right that's when you have a car dealer who really wants to sell you a car and they have this reputation of of uh, buy your tires here right yeah, now yeah or come buy a car <laughs> And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, if you need some help, we've got your car. Right? It's that messaging. It's that messaging that just doesn't seem authentic. Ads with celebrities scored the lowest. Oh, really? Yeah. You, know, you didn't think mm-hmm. that was going to happen, did you? No, I mean, I don't, I don't know the historical statistics, statistics geez, of celebrity ads. Yeah. But I always kind of assumed they had their, their niche. Yeah. But I'm a little bit surprised to hear that, like, JLo or something. I don't mean to call her out because I don't even know any of the ads, but I'm just, she came to mind for whatever reason, not performing, right? I feel like we've worked JLo into every single podcast so far. We've, we've only one. had two, <laughs> but she's been in a, let's in just, 100% let's of our podcast. Let's just start uh, meta tagging her in the data at JLo. At J- <laughs> Hashtag yeah. JLo. We'll get a restraining order. <laughs> To send it to Merritt. <laughs> no, send it to Karen Hack. <laughs> so um, the first ad of its type scored the highest. So in other words, when you have a really emotional ad, that ad tends to do really well. The following ads seem like they're like, oh, yeah, I want to do that, too. We call that Me Too advertising, not right. not a reference to the Me Too movement, but just that everybody's lining up to uh, to, to deliver the same message. So, and that's why you're probably going to tell me that speed to market is like super important. Yeah, right? but that's on my paper down the line. Good. Right. <laughs> so uh, preachy ads, overly emotional ads, uh, sameness did really poorly. Uh, campaigns that don't match consumer sentiment, and then a really big one: campaigns that miss the the life cycle of a crisis. Okay. So when you look at a crisis, we break a cri- We here, not everybody. We break a crisis down into into four parts, right? So you've got denial, fear, acceptance, recovery. Those are just the different stages. I like that when you said denial too. The microphone was like all the way in your mouth. Dan couldn't be any closer to the microphone during this recording. Denny, you have that crisp audio. <laughs> so, uh, so <laughs> I threw you off so hard. I love it. So, tell me about the four stages. <laughs> thanks, Merritt. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the setup for the tee up. Uh, so, denial. It's, it's not just a river. Ancient river in Egypt. That's right. Exactly. Um, so something you can say during the denial process is here's what we're doing to protect or to help you. Okay. And you saw a lot of that, right? Hey, we're cleaning the inside of your car when you drop it off for service and those kinds of things. Uh, during the fear stage, uh, we're all in this together, right? That's when you have the hashtag stay home, the, Mm -hmm. the hashtag we're all in this together. It's that reassurance during the acceptance phase. Uh, that's when it's okay to, uh, to integrate situational humor and really insurance companies are the best at doing this stuff because they crank out these ads. So like progressive, made some ads. One of them was about tech problems, right? The recognizing that we as a country had gotten used to being on Zoom and mm-hmm. seeing each other on video conference and then making fun of what happens on those conferences, right? Is Make, that with is that flow? Or whatever that's flow. flow. Yeah, exactly. Flow. Yep. Flow the, on the beat. The insurance companies are really good with that. And then you have the recovery. And that's when when I think it's time to stop referencing the crisis. I think people are COVIDed out. Mm-hmm. And if you're still running an ad about COVID, I think people are just tired of it, right? You're in a bar, you're in a, uh, well, not an airport and not at a bar either, <laughs> actually. Well, those examples you're are really home, bad. Unless you're in Arizona or uh, to all our listeners in Arizona and, and Texas, you know, shout out. <laughs> That's but. true. So you're at home, you see an ad and it starts talking about COVID and how we're all in this together. You turn off, you get annoyed, you look somewhere so else. So I just want to say that this, these four stages expand well beyond the scope of COVID, right? This is for any crisis communication. This is for any crisis communication yeah. because technically you know this podcast we're referencing crisis communication as a whole thankfully but if we were just looking at it from the perspective of covid and what to do with your business during that time which is you know kind of how we started then we'd probably be 
off the mark in terms of release. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I, I think as a as a business owner, naturally, when something happens that affects the the economy or even people as a whole, a society, the the first thing you go to is you 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 start thinking about how this affects you. What does this mean for me? How do I fit into this? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's obviously there's the safety component, right? But but as business owners, we also get to worry about what does this mean to the people I pay, right? My ability to provide a livelihood to everybody who, uh, who relies on me to, to pay their, their bills Mm -hmm. for them basically, or pay the paychecks that they then use for bills. Right. But here's what people do wrong. Typically is they miss the stages. That's the number one thing, right? So at, at the, at the first stage denial, you start thinking and you drag your feet too long. And this is what you were talking about earlier about timeliness, right? So by the time you get to the acceptance stage where, where all the people who were able to get their ads out quickly are starting to integrate humor and you're just now rolling out your sappy emotional ads, then you've kind of missed and you then (laughs) become irrelevant. Um, the next thing people do is they use the same messaging through the whole crisis. So again, the here's what we're doing to help you, the the really emotional, when people really need that uplifting message, that doesn't resonate the same way when people are ready to move on to the next thing, right? In, th- in this case of 2020, to the next crisis, which was what? Murder hornets. Oh, yeah. So, I forgot yeah, about I those. I feel like we skipped the murder hornets. Yeah. The third thing they do wrong is they say the same thing everyone else is saying. And this goes back to our framework of the the bouncer part of your brain the 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 survival brain he stands there with his arms crossed and he thinks is this important to my survival do i need to know this is this worth expending calories on because every time you think about something you use calories right mm-hmm. so that's what people do wrong and then you just happen to fit right into the crowd of everybody who's saying the same exact thing um, and then the final thing is you push brand values for the first time ever right and that's when you have a a car dealership who all of a sudden, you know, like we said before, all of a sudden is is talking about something they have no idea about. You know, they've never they've never worried about your uh, your safety and your livelihood and your uh, you know whatever your ability to get to work before, and all of a sudden now they're super concerned, yeah. right? It's you. It's not surprising that people are a little bit, uh, you know, I don't know. I think there's there's a certain way that um, not just brands, but companies as a whole communicate throughout a crisis that's that's not related to advertising or marketing as well that then becomes advertising and marketing. So you take right. like Patagonia, for example, and they employed all these different initiatives to not only keep their workers safe um, throughout the entirety of this crisis – um, yeah. But also we're engaged in sort of some great community outreach and, and figuring things out that way. And then those became marketing and ad pieces. They stayed really true to their branding and they didn't actually create, I don't think, at least to, to my knowledge, like a, a marketing piece. Right. There yeah. was no campaign right. behind it. It was literally doing work that served the community. And there are other companies that do that, too, like Starbucks, for example. Right. When CSR is a part of your culture. This is when these people, these companies really shine. Do you know what CSR means? Yes. What? Corporate social responsibility. No, you're I'm not going to say customer service representative because we've already thrown out the phrase corporate social responsibility earlier in this podcast. Uh, we had rehearsed this. Yeah. Yes. I guess we. Okay. All right. Fail. F <laughs> All right. for Dan. How about this? I'll pick it up here. I wish we had somebody who could talk to us about this. Don't we do. you? We do? Who? Vince Sharps, he's the chief business officer at MindGrub, a digital agency in Baltimore, and I'm really excited to speak with them. What are the chances? I know. <laughs> What's kind of the underarching strategy or kind of, um, I almost want to say setup that you've used to move forward in all these different lines of business? Obviously, you and Todd have sort of a, a vision that you kind of take across all these different lines of, of business. What exactly does that look like and how have you grown that? I don't want to use too much marketing speak, but you know, we love marketing speak. (laughs) Use all the marketing speak. It's it's an omni-channel. It's an omni-channel approach. I mean, the brand is um, what is going to identify with the customer right now. And you have to circumference that customer with everything you're doing with the brand. We, we are in a very high touch business. We um, are selling an expensive product or service. I'm sorry. So it's multiple touch points. It's, you know, events, it's marketing, um, it's in-person meetings, it's 
it, it's all of the above. So right now, how do you do that? You know, when we're all isolated, right. we've, we've done what I think is a very good job of. So first of all, let me back up. If people didn't have an attention span before, they <laughs> damn sure do not have an attention span now. Right. So you have to capture someone's attention in very short bursts. Um, so, and if you can get that attention, you're going somewhere. So we, we've totally pivoted our, our approach um, and it's a lot of video, but it's taking that video and then breaking it down into palatable bites mm-hmm. that your potential customer can consume and then get a broader idea of what it is and how you can serve them. Um, one of the very cool projects that we've done is as soon as the world changed, one of our very large nonprofit membership association, large membership DC K Street Association clients called us. Big time. And yep, and they needed to get up a coronavirus website within 48 hours, and it had to have all the information for their webinars and how they can service their membership, 3,500 um, business membership. We were we were able to do that. We're while we're still you know pushing towards the consulting and most agencies in the digital realm are, we're still small enough to be nimble, to be able to service the client in, in gotcha. that. Um, so what, what is, what is the consultancy sort of, sort of look like in, in this day and age Vince? just shed some light on that because I think a lot of us are, are in the dark, you know, that's a, a word that's thrown around a lot, especially right now. And I don't know that enough, uh, agencies or even, uh, marketing tacticians really know kind of what that means. So, you know, I think everybody knows the Deloitte's, the Accentures that are the big yep. juggernauts that you're not really sure, you know, you, you sign a contract. It, it, these are multi-million, tens of million dollar contracts, right? Um, we are able to service the same type of contract, but more nimble, more, you know. So example, in the state of, uh, you know, one of our clients, We do all of the work for the prison systems in that state. We do all Mm -hmm. of the software development. We have a team out in that state. Um, We're out in the South in New Orleans with a utilities client where we can actually service and produce, develop, manage all of the mobile applications for all of their operating companies. These aren't things that a company of our size in little old Baltimore, you would ever have thought would have done from the origins of a mobile app company you know, a dev company, a production company. Um, but that's where we're all going. We're all going to more of a consultancy. And we saw this happening a couple of years ago. Um, and, and our CEO, Todd Marks, really had the foresight to see, you know, that this is where the digital agency is. Everybody's going to end up being a consultancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So along those different um, business lines, you're one of the few, I, I would call you an agency, if that's okay. Absolutely. And <laughs> one we of are. The few, good. We are. You know, I, I know a little bit about, because you and I have spoken before, obviously, um, about all the different things that you guys have your hands in just in terms of agency-related products, whether you just mentioned the, the thing for a prison system, you have a nonprofit on K Street, you're doing something with Kevin Bacon, you have Spot Wash, which is a great, uh, you know, uh, car wash platform. Where where it's on the go. Right. How, um, how have you been able to kind of pivot in that many directions where most people sort of get typified into a particular niche as a marketer, you know? What, what's been the, the kind of like glue that holds that all together? So this might sound a little cheesy, but our, our people are our product. We, we've only hired the best folks. So out of our 135, I think it is employees right now, we have a very large engineering team. Mm-hmm. We, our product, speaks for itself. Um, So if you can develop a good product in multiple industries, it gives you a footing um, where eventually your work speaks for itself. We have a depth and a breadth of work across industries, across verticals, um, where we were very well positioned right now to help a lot of different industries with digital transformation, whether it's healthcare, um, Mm -hmm. telepresence, uh, telemedicine, whether it was education with virtual learning, um, whether it's getting like our um, our nonprofit uh, clients, getting them set up with webinars and learning platforms where they can stay connected to their membership base, 
Mm-hmm. Either way, it, when you have a, a, an expertise in doing this across a lot of verticals, that's what's kept us strong. That's what's kept us going um, awesome. throughout this you know, disruption. Yeah. And even before that, it sounds like. Well, we were lucky that before, you know, we're, we were riding a great wave, um, but we did have a leadership offsite in the fall of last year where we said, look, it's been a 10-year bull market. Um, Todd, Todd sat us down. He's like, it's been a 10-year bull market. It's been, um, there's an election coming up. There's going to be a disruption. We had no idea that it would be the pandemic that defined our generation. Right. Um, we hope. I hope there's not something that comes that's like worse you know, five years down the line. I don't need another generation defining pandemic. This is enough for me. And I don't need 30,000 people on Newport Beach that are going to bring back coronavirus to Maryland either. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So it sounds like a lot of the leads that you're getting, Vince, are are kind of coming from um, almost a referral source and inbound at this point because you've, you've typified that name for yourself and with your great product work. How, how are you guys getting leads and historically, how have you gotten, how have you gotten leads? So when the company first started, I mean, it was a lot of referral, um, the company started. So I don't, uh, let me back up. 2002 is when the company was founded. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had this incredible growth over the last seven years, Inc. 5,000, six years running. Congratulations. Thank you very much. So, you know, it was a lot of referrals in the beginning. But we've really developed thought leadership in areas like utilities. Um, a good portion of our business is in utilities. Um, clients like Exelon, where we've won platinum, gold, and silver for the, the operating companies of Exelon's mobile apps. We run their, their mobile platforms. Um, when it's in healthcare, we've created some very cool VR software where you are doing the crash carts in nurses in a VR for nurses in a, a, a VR environment, coding, That's awesome. finding the, you know, the, the different, you know, the, the surgical instruments and the medications in the crash cart in a virtual environment. You can train that way. We've, we've built this credibility as far as being able to create great software in a multitude of industries and verticals. And once you have that breadth of work, um, that's something that's also marketable. Right. Um, we've, and as you can imagine, we've marketed the hell out of it. <laughs> yep. I can, I can imagine. At the same um, time, at the same time right now, you know, we're, we're in this disruption. We're in the world of the coronavirus pandemic and mm-hmm. whatever you're doing, however you're marketing what you're doing, it's got to be thoughtful. It's right. got to be mindful. It cannot be tone deaf. Um, the biggest brand, Nike, could ruin their entire um, great run over the last, what it feels like, forever with one wrong hat. Um, mm. So you have to be thoughtful. You have to be mindful. You cannot. What do you? Every, all the marketing you're doing has to be tied to the current disruption. And yeah. it's not only smart marketing. Um, it's the only thing that's going to grab people's attention. They want to know that as a company. Um, that you're taking care of CSR, that that you have a corporate social responsibility in order to help others right now. Um, that's exactly what we're doing. We're, yeah. we're our three D printers are going twenty four hours a day, printing the clips for the the face shields. Um, awesome. We're we're helping out in every way we can. We we've, we've partnered up with a few nonprofits, mm-hmm. and we were able to feed an entire um, ER shifts. Um, in a local hospital's ER shifts, we were, we were able to provide them with dinner the other day. Wow. Um, so big. if you can help, if you were a no person before, be a yes person now. Yeah. Um, you want to help in any way you can. And and I've told this to people as well. If you need help, ask for it. Yeah. Because we're in a unique time and we all have to get through this together. How does that, how does that pay off? Where does that pay off? The payoff is by helping people. I mean, if, if we want to really break it, <laughs> bring it down... You know, people will remember those who were thoughtful and mindful during this time. Um, nobody wants to hear about um, your business development strategy or the new tool that you're using or anything else that isn't tied to the current disruption and how you're helping as a company and what that means to your company um, 
and it and they want to know it's part of the soul of your company and that you mean it. So it's nice when you actually have a company like Mind Grubware. That's part of our mission to begin with. We have you know a giving division, and it's totally dedicated to to helping the missions and the nonprofits that our employees are dedicated to. Um, but at the same time, you know, you, you, you can't be, you, you can't, have, you know, be ingenuous. You, you have to have actually have this as part of the, the mission of your company. Um, so we're fortunate that that is who we are. How do you keep that messaging kind of, um, I guess, still authentic to you during this time when so many people are kind of releasing that same type of messaging? I know Dan wrote a blog about this and we had a good talk with Todd Harvey over at Mission Media last week where, you know, you start to see a lot of ads that are coming out and Dan calls it kind of me too marketing, no reference to the, the me too movement where everybody's pushing out the, the same message of like, we're here and we care at a point, does it become sort of just noise in the crowd? So there's so much noise right now. I'm sure your inbox is flooded like mine. Um, I'm not sure there's ever been a time where I literally might delete, delete, delete emails. And it's, it's just the truth. You have, you have so much, your inbox is flooded. So you have to be able to catch somebody's attention. So I don't believe it's, it's quite me too, because we're doing it because you're doing it and you're doing it and everybody's doing it. If you're authentic, authentic always shines through. Um, we all have networks. We all have people that want to support our causes. But if you're authentic, people will grab onto that. So it's it's important to be authentic. Um, it's never more important to be authentic than right now. Can we talk about that word authentic real quick? What does that mean to you, and maybe even to MindGrub? So before I even you know I've been at MindGrub about you know a little over four years. Um, I always had a strong connection to the nonprofits in my community, helping our community. This company was founded on that. Um, now, is there never a better time to get more involved with your community if you have the ability to do so? Yes, that's authentic. But you can pick out a non-authentic um, ad where somebody's trying a little too hard to sneak in their message about sales. The sales will come. Um, right now, like I said, you have to if you can circumference your customer with the fact that your brand is actually doing good in the community, good corporate social responsibility, but also has a good product service um, and message, that's that's the best way to reach uh, your customer, your client right now. Um, it's the only thing that we'll get through. I like that, that's good. When you, um, I, I want to back up for a sec. Something you and Merritt were talking about while I was fiddling over here trying to get the <laughs> flex capacitor to uh, time travel. To flux, is it flux? Flux capacitor. That's right. Going back to kind of when, when a crisis hits, right? So you have two components of the crisis. You obviously have the, the social component, the, the, the health component, right? You're worried about the health. You're worried about, uh, about people in general, right? right? And, and, and safety. And the other component is the um, the economic component of that. So you you start to think about, oh no, this is going to impact the company. This is going to impact possibly our ability to to pay the bills, to pay our people. From a business perspective, what goes through your head as this thing is starting to unfold? So as soon as we knew that we were heading toward a path of 100% remote work. We started having a daily, and we already have a daily leadership scrum, but we started extending that in time and realized that there's gonna to have to be policy written uh, company-wide. There's gonna to have to be regular communications. We're gonna to have to um, give updates on everything involved in this disruption. So we were a little ahead of the curve. We saw it coming. Um, Everybody saw it coming, but we decided to act on it and actually start sending out daily communications, which we're still doing. So we're sending out a, um, a weekly newsletter that comes directly from the CEO. Todd's sending out a weekly newsletter. And that, uh, that's external and internal, or it's just? Internal. Okay. So first internal, um, touching 
all the points and and there's an a, a, a inbox where if you if there's things that you you need information on we'll we'll touch on them Todd will touch on them in the in the weekly newsletter our COO Shalisa Muhammad she sends out daily updates with all of the latest CDC information and local information for Baltimore on what the mayor um, and the governor are talking about and the programs that you can be involved with and, and just the, the the safety information in some cases and all the resources that are available. We're sending out daily updates, weekly newsletters. We're staying in touch. Um, we just had our first virtual uh, monthly meeting. Um, we kind of turned into a happy hour after the fact. So, you know, we have 20, about 20% of our employees are already remote, you know, all over the country. So when this happened, we, we already had, you know, we already have remote employees. We just needed to, to put stress to the system to make sure that we could go fully remote. And we did that before it was, you know, initiated by the governor and by the state. Um, so we were more prepared than most, um, but at the same time, we're in tech, we can work remote. You know, we have the, all the tools, the virtual tools like Zoom and, and BlueJeans and, and, you know, WebEx and whatever to, to collaborate online. And that's how we kind of work anyway. So we just needed to make sure that we could do this, keep projects moving forward um, and service our clients in the best manner possible. And we've been pretty successful so far. I say that and I knock on wood. I know we're all waiting for the next news cycle in order to, uh, you know, to make us reevaluate everything we're doing. Um, mm -hmm. But hopefully we're all nimble enough to, to make those adjustments and, and we're, we're needed. If you could go back and talk to young Vince and tell him something that you think- Talk to young Vince. He sounds like my next favorite rapper, by the way, young Vince. I like it. <laughs> Young, you hit it. And you could tell him something that's going to drastically prepare him for, for where he's going to go in his life. What would you tell him? I would tell him that these Gen Zs, damn them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so I've always fancied myself a good communicator. Um, I've always tried to be, and I got this from my old man, you know, he, he was a big part of his community and always said, you know, if you serve the community in which you live and which you serve and the extended communities, you know, the business will come back to you. My old man was, was first an intelligence officer in the military and then a business, business person. And I kind of followed his footsteps. Um, I would say that there were points in my life where I wasn't always a yes person, you know, and, and I truly mean this right now is one of those times where you should say yes. If, if you need help, you should reach out. If there's somebody who comes to you and needs help, you should say yes. The, say like question it afterwards. Now I understand how we got you on the podcast. He just had to say yes. <laughs> That's it. He didn't have another choice. But, but there Everybody is in a different situation right now. Um, so what could I tell young men? Maybe be a little more humble. Um, if I would have had that same attitude uh, earlier, maybe there are more people I could have helped or, or connected with. And now's the time where we need to help as many people as possible. We need to actually come together as a community and communicate um, on a different level than we've ever done before. This current disruption could last longer than I think we can all fathom. And the more communication, the more people we talk to, the more we're open to new suggestions, ideas, um, and ways to deal with it, the, the quicker we can get back to whatever that new normal is gonna be. And I think we all know it's not gonna be what we left behind um, but whatever the new normal is, um, we're going to have to work in that environment together and we're going to have to do it, at, you know, as a community that can actually service our clients, our business, um, and be successful. How do, that's really good. How do you think we recover from this? Obviously we don't know how this is going to shape out, right? Uh, shape up, right? Like we don't know exactly what the future looks like, but, but what do we do? What, what do all the little guys like in the Midwest 
um, you know, the, the, the cake shops, the restaurants and the small you know, video production the, companies in Baltimore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the tiny, the, the tiny little agencies, uh, you know, wherever, what do you, um, wh- where do they go from here? How do you recover from this? <laughs> you know, so that's a, a pretty personal question. So I'll answer, I'll answer it personally. It would have been nice to see a total, complete, um, on, a, on a global level, this is a global pandemic, we got you. You know, we're going to serve, we're gonna make sure that you can make it through. If we would have said, okay, we're going to pay for whatever the needs are for every small business and every person, because we're basically printing money now, right? So our, our dollar is gonna be equivalent to a peso in about, uh, by next week. So if we could have just said, we're gonna print everything we need to make your business function and your personal life function stay at home, everybody would have stayed at home. We weren't fortunate enough to have that happen. So in order to recover from this, and we've all heard the stories about some businesses that like the Los Angeles Lakers, and I hate to call out specifics and other large, but they're easy to call because it's the NBA, who cares? And other large businesses who were given, you know, substantial amounts of the money that were supposed to go to small businesses. The bureaucracy, it happened too fast. There was no way to prevent these types of things from happening. And I'm a political and a news junkie. So I, I watched this way too intently. But you come out of this on the other side, and I can't say something stupid like you just have to be resilient and you have to just fight, 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 because sometimes the fight doesn't get it done. Right. Um, and that's why I say you must reach out to your friends. You must, re- must reach out to your family. Reach out to the business community. There are, everybody wants to help in times of crisis. It's where we shine. It's where the, the human race does its best work. So if you haven't gotten that PPP loan because, you know, it's just taking too long to process, call your buddy over there who, who you know is doing okay. Just do whatever it takes to survive. Don't be shy. Don't be, you know, coy. Um, reach out to your network. And if you haven't worked on building your network, wow, isn't this a great time to do so? If you were one of those people who says, no, I only respond to people on LinkedIn that I have, that I'm personally connected to. Well, put that shit to rest. Start expanding your network right now. You know, reach out to everybody that makes sense for you to connect to, send an introduction, have a five minute coffee virtual chat. Do whatever it takes in order to expand your network so you can come out on the other side of this stronger than you were when you went into it. Awesome. One of the things Merritt and I were talking about is is kind of staying in touch with our employees. Like everybody's working at home. a couple of our people have a ton of friends and, and, and a few don't. A few are new in town. They just moved in town. Uh, worst time ever to try to make friends right now. What, do you, what are you guys doing to just keep a finger on the pulse of like, hey, just emotionally, how are you guys doing? You know, how are you, how are you keeping your chin up? How are you staying happy? How are you staying positive? You know, we're fortunate enough to have a, a very, um, just the best leadership team I've ever worked with. Um, so all of our department heads are keeping in touch with their teams. Um, we have a Slack channel for families so we can keep track of, you know, uh, some of the fam- people who have uh, lots of small kids that are under, under the age of, you know, 10, 12. Um, so we have different Slack channels that we've dedicated to this disruption. Um, so we can hear from employees on how they're dealing with this disruption and we can serve their needs. Um, we're having regular communications and one-on-ones virtually, just like we normally would. Um, so we're monitoring it in the virtual world the same way we would as, as though we were in the office. That way we can, you know, address the needs of our of our employees. We had a virtual, our first virtual all-hands meeting, and we turned that into a happy hour about halfway through, once we were done going over all the, the critical company information and, and project assessments. And it was the coolest thing you've ever saw. People started telling jokes. It was as though we, our culture, our camaraderie survives through this. Um, That's awesome. And I would recommend that every company figure out what works for you. 
Um, but with all these virtual tools, lots of companies are seeing their, their uh, productivity go up. And it's because everybody knows you're sitting at home with nothing to do. But at the <laughs> same time, you can still reach you know, your, your, your colleagues and yeah. get to know them even better than you could before. Um, if you're bored, you got, you got all these colleagues to reach out to. Ask somebody if they want to have a virtual happy hour. Ask, ask them if they want to have a virtual coffee. I've been on a couple of those uh, virtual virtual happy hours at this point, and it's always such a great feeling. But then it's super awkward when you like have your drink and then you look to your right and your left and you realize like you're in your living room. <laughs> that whole kind of like sinking feeling of like, oh, I am still alone, even though people are right here with me. But, but Mary, what do you still have in your hand? That drink. There you go. <laughs> still, so still all, all still okay. What what is a terrible drink, right? Terrible, what do you drink, Merritt? Uh, what is your drink? I, are you like Milwaukee's? I drink fast? Moscow Mules, actually. <laughs> out of a can? Out, yes, oh, out okay. of a can. Right. Moscow Mules out of a can. <laughs> Vince, what does it look like? You know, you give you've given us a great picture and painted a great picture of kind of the resilience and and the yes man attitude, yes woman attitude that's required to kind of come out of this in a better position. Um, what does it look like for? hiring in the future in terms of what kind of traits you're looking for in in marketers um, that maybe you weren't looking for before all of this sort of went down so i would love to say that there's a big you know a big difference Mm -hmm. um but there there really isn't so i can we just finished interviewing you know interns summer Mm -hmm. interns which we're still taking on for our internal marketing department um and we were just looking for the most talented, creative um, uh, young folks at a, at a school with the, the, with the best ideas. Um, and fortunately about marketing, there's always new marketing techniques and tools um, that come with every new graduating class and generation. And so we were just looking for the people with the best, the best skills. We're still looking for all the normal stuff, great communication, um, ability to work with others, um, you know, great ideas, all, all the normal things. So there isn't really a difference when we're talking about what we're looking for in, in people with, you know, uh, for our marketing department. Right. We just don't want people who are sound marketers who know all the principles. Um, certainly one of the things that our, our director of marketing, Laura Scruggs, who, who is my total guru, um, she did pose a couple questions that were a little different just to see some outside the box thinking. And I would mm-hmm. suggest doing those kind of things, but you're still looking for people to know the sound principles of marketing because you'll know if you can't go see people in person and you're in a high touch, uh, sale type of business as we are selling mostly services, then you're going to need to have somebody who can think outside the box. So this is the part in the show where every episode we're going to answer a question that you guys, the listeners, submit uh, to what's the address again, Merritt? Big marketing at hackstone.com. Well done. Um, but for now, since we don't have a lot of questions yet, it's still early in the process, we're going to force Should I say it one more time? Topic. Big marketing at hackstone.com. So we're going to we're going to tell you something that we see a lot of clients, a lot of even seasoned agencies do wrong because we don't have any listeners who have questions yet. That's right. Because we batch record these. This is like the second or third episode, right? We've been in this room for a week. We have not Together. left. We haven't we haven't used the bathroom. We haven't <laughs> we haven't eaten. We haven't had any drink. You look great. <laughs> Thanks, but how do I smell? <laughs> Mm. Not <laughs> We're great. social distancing, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've got a, you can't see us, but we've got a, um, a bulletproof plate of glass in between Dan, us. stop spitting on me. <laughs> so, don't, don't, wait, <laughs> talk moistly. Don't talk moistly. <laughs> All right, anyway. The, and this is social media. When people post things on social media out of context to, uh, of the platform and they don't post them natively, and what I mean by that is that out of context is, and we're going to do a whole episode on this down the road, but out of context is that you're not taking into account what platform you're posting on and why people are there. And when I say natively, I mean you're not posting natively directly to Facebook. So what people typically do is like they they get a video, they get a nice, shiny, brand new video, mm-hmm. and they take that video 
they host it on YouTube and they use YouTube as a hosting platform right. and they take that link and they think, okay, well, if I can just have everybody come to the same place, I can measure the metrics better, right? I get better metrics because they're all in one place. And what they do is they take that YouTube link and they post it on Facebook and then they post it on Twitter and then they post it on across every single LinkedIn, every mm-hmm. single social media platform. And what happens is you lose people because people are going through, you're creating friction because when people are scrolling through, first of all, it doesn't preview, right? You only see the the head of the title and the header image. Let's take Facebook, for example. They're scrolling through. They only see those things. They don't see the preview. Um, and if they have to click on a link to take them out of the platform, you've lost them. And why they're is done. that? They're why, not going to watch Why have you it. lost them? Because they're just... Because it's high friction, they're, right? Yeah. If we have to do... We're so used to everything being delivered to us that if we have to do one more thing to get to the product, it's not worth it. Have you ever had that feeling, and this is just my ADD kicking in, where you feel like whatever someone is saying is so important and you want to focus so hard that then... Because this is the, what I just had with what you were saying. So I'm really interested in this topic. Are you going to say you got lost in my eyes? No, I didn't, unfortunately. <laughs> what I did do is I got so focused on listening to you and my own breathing that I thought I was hearing myself breathe too loud. So then it became this weird competition of how soft I could breathe to the point where I thought I was going to run out of air while you were talking. And you weren't listening <laughs> to anything I was saying, right? Right. Okay. And then I was like... So now I have to start over. No, you okay. don't. <laughs> Do you know, this is the part of the show where we typically... <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. But I, I completely understand why someone would be under the impression, at least, that it might be easier to use sort of a, a posting service or a host where you post across all those different social sites. So is there any other answer aside from literally logging into each individual social platform or is that really the, the yeah. only way to do it? Yeah. So, and you, I think you also need to keep in mind that the same video that you post or the same content, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. If it's a blog or, or, or video or whatever, you don't want to post the same thing on Instagram necessarily that you post on LinkedIn, that you post on YouTube, that you put right? So YouTube is long form video. So that's for like, if you're a plumber, for example, right, you would, you would use your iPhone and you would create a long form YouTube piece on like, hey, here's a tip on how to, uh, you know, how to clear tree roots out of your, you know, main line going through your yard, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Then you would on Facebook, you might post content on the top three ways to, to keep us out of your house, right? So in other words, like don't eat Chipotle. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like the top three ways to to avoid having to call us, right? Um, And then on Instagram, you would post something a lot shorter, Uh, you would maybe post a picture on Instagram, on like, hey, this is the this is the most jacked up, uh, you know, route going through a main drain that we've ever seen, right? Or, yeah. or this is a a beautiful installation. Look how clean these lines, you know, all the, um, the eye candy, right? Look how how perfect these pipes look. You I just know? want to meet the guy or, or the the gal who's sitting there looking at plumbing Instagrams and is like curious about that. They're just like, Oh my gosh, more than Have you, you realize. seen this more than you realize. <laughs> yeah. There are electrician forums where they just show the inside of the box and how everybody, how perfectly these guys route the, yeah. the, the, the wires in the, in the main service box. But, um, so you do that. Like if you're a florist, for example, you would on YouTube, maybe you'd put a how to on how to, um, I don't know, grow flowers on or how to arrange a bouquet, right? On Facebook, you would put a uh, maybe a blog post with some pictures on, you know, the most touching uh, interaction you've ever had with somebody you delivered flowers to, right? On Instagram, you might put um, something like the, the hey, look at, check out this bouquet we just did. Like we've never mixed daisies with tulips before. I don't know what I'm talking about, but we've never mixed daisies <laughs> with tulips before, right? Or, or something so like that. So then the the issue becomes instead of doing that people are taking a single type of post and sharing it across or a single type of content sharing it across all those various mediums right right? and And not only that then it's leading you off of that said social medium right because it's work it's all work right and when we look at the three the three brain we talk about that you know the three brain system it's the it's the framework we use at hackstone You look at the three brain framework and the more work it takes, like you use calories to process, right? 
the more work it takes to get to something, keep in mind as marketers, we're asking our viewers for time. And the the payoff is what's in it for me as the viewer, right? It, it always should be what's in it for me. And if they have to work to get your content, then you've already lost before you've even started. Mm -hmm. They're not even going to get to that content. It's this, remember those funnels, they were high friction funnels where, where you had a lead magnet, right? You had retargeting, you had, uh, you had the, the webinar that you, was not skippable. They have to sign up for, you had the time limits, you had all these things where there were so many people who literally, they just wanted to, they're like, look, it's a, whatever your piece of exercise equipment that you're selling or whatever masterclass, there are so many people who would have just bought that, right? And there was a place for that, but we're getting to the point now where we we're, we don't have the attention span to maintain that excitement, the interest, and the energy in that product, right? Mm. So now it needs to be low friction. Got it. Yeah. So how does uh, – because we talked about a lot of the different platforms and something I see a lot today is, is Medium, right? Like mm -hmm. the blogging site or whatever. Yeah. I guess – Going back to your comments about posting natively, you can't really take Medium and share that along those same lines, right? Like, I should just upload to Medium, and then I should upload yeah. separately to, like, Facebook. So, I shouldn't upload my Medium article Yeah, and that's another Facebook. thing. So you can, right? But that's another example of where you should you should post natively, right? So when we post a, blo a blog, we post on Medium, right? So because that's sort of the platform where people go to read blogs. Then we post natively on our website because mm -hmm. our website – just posting that medium article doesn't help us necessarily with with SEO, right? Mm -hmm. It's better to just natively have all that text in our on our website. And same thing with Facebook. Facebook is a long form text platform now. People can write seven, eight, nine, ten paragraphs in a Facebook uh, in a Facebook post, and people will go read that, right? Not Instagram. Instagram's still a little bit shorter. People don't read what's Do underneath the really picture. Do people really read that much on Facebook? I would. Uh, this is Absolutely. a shameless plug for Hackstone. I'd much rather watch a video. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> show, show me a video. I'm also the guy who yeah. likes to read books that have like finger puppets and not actually like words. Yeah, right? I mean, here's the thing. Like it, everything is, it depends, right? Like we're seeing seven to 10 minute videos that are performing really, really well. Yet everybody's like, we have the attention span of a fly, right? Like no, nobody's going to watch a video that's longer than 30 seconds. Like, no, it's just you have to give them a reason to keep watching. Right. So, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget yeah. big marketing at hackstone.com. We really need some questions. If we have to ad lib another one of these, this <laughs> this is probably gonna be the end of us. <laughs> Emotionally. I'm divorcing Dan. Yeah. It's so, official. Yeah. And also tell us what you like. Send us a, a message. Like, do you do you just, hate Dan and just want it to be my podcast? Maybe, totally understandable if that's the case. You I get me it. Do it. I was gonna say, do you think we should get rid of Merritt and just have me? Like, does probably, my you have a better voice. I'm nah, really think, upset about that. No, my voice is very high on the annoying meter. If but, one of us had a crack right now, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> 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 anyway, let us know what you like. Uh, let us know uh, what you like, what you think we should talk about, what you want to hear. And let us know how we're doing. Just talk to us. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. I'm Dan Hack. And I'm Merritt Trigg. Thanks. Bye.